everyone, and welcome to Aishapedia Uncut. With me, your host, Aisha, or as you may know me on social media, Aishapedia. Welcome to the first episode of Aishapedia Uncut, and I'm so excited that this project, which has been such a long time coming, is finally, finally live. And I thought we'd just jump right into it. Today, we're going to be talking about does quality matter in an age of virality? For those of you who've been living under a rock, let me just give you a brief definition of virality. And no, I'm not talking about the coronavirus. (laughs) I think we're all sick of hearing about the coronavirus at this point. But rather, I'm going to be talking about the sharing of an image, a video, or any piece of information that is circulated from one internet user to another. And then all of a sudden, it's buzzing. Everybody's talking about it. It's trending. So to just give you a few examples of people who have gone viral, or as I like to say, they've gone viral based on one-hit wonders. So a one-hit wonder is someone who has just had an outbreak and people are talking about them which hasn't really continued or hasn't really been consistent throughout their life or throughout their career. So to give you an example, I'm not sure if you may remember this person. Her name is Rebecca Black. She had a song called Friday, which was made about 10 years ago. It was very well produced and it had they had a whole production team. They had a music video. You know, it went viral on YouTube. And I think the reason why it went viral was because the actual song was awful. And it was also a very awkward song. It was a very awkward video. And it was made at such a point where it was like, what, what is going on? Why? This does not work well. I think you should actually hear it to understand what I'm talking about. But her intentions behind the song were very innocent. And I recently watched a video of her discussing the video 10 years later. And she mentions she didn't go on to have a music career, but she does have a big social media presence because of her going viral on YouTube. Another good example of a viral star is Sophia Grace and Rosie. Now, I'm sure if you watch The Ellen Show, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But basically, it was this very young girl from England. She lived in Essex and her mom filmed her while she was singing and rapping the full song to Nicki Minaj's Super Bass. And that made her so popular. She went on The Ellen Show. You know, Ellen brought her on a couple of times as well after that. And it basically made her, you know, famous. But after that, you never really heard from her. You never heard about her. But she as well had a social media presence. Another final example of this idea of virality or, you know, people who have gone viral is this idea of the character Damn Daniel. I don't know if you remember this, but it was basically a video that or a stream of videos that went viral on Snapchat. And two students, one of them, they were two friends, and one of them just kept filming the other in just a comical way for him wearing white vans. And his catchphrase was always, damn, Daniel, back at it again with the white vans. And all of a sudden, everybody was referring to it. People just kept going, damn, Daniel. And they also popped up on Ellen. But after that, you know, you didn't really hear about them. You don't really know, like, after that damn Daniel, there wasn't anything else that really made them go viral. So that's what I mean by one hit wonder. And so the idea of virality is making people famous or making them well-known. But actually, what does make these people go viral? What contributes to this idea of virality? I mean, I make social media content, so I thought, okay, let me do some research on this so that I could actually see what contributes, what are the elements that would go into this. And I did some research. I read a lot of articles, read a lot of internet articles, 
And I was able to see how there were three main elements which sort of boils down to the idea of virality or which contributes to the idea of virality. The first one is novelty. It's believed scientifically that we have a region in our midbrain that responds to novelty and it fills you with dopamine. And what's dopamine? I had to actually look this up, but I have heard of it before. And dopamine is a chemical that makes you feel good. It gives you the sense of pleasure or excitement. And it's this idea of intrigue for something new and exciting, which brings me to my next element, curiosity. Now, let's be honest, people are a nosy bunch. There's never, I've never met a group of people that don't not want to know something. I'm not talking about gossip. I'm not talking about people wanting to know other people's business. But I think that people in general are just very curious. People want to know things. People want to find out things. And these things sort of play on our mind. To give you more context, when we talk about curiosity, it's those things that tie in with the information gap theory. So this gap talks about, you know, this idea between what we know and what we want to know. So if you can fit this gap, then you fed this curiosity, which to me makes a lot of sense because when they see, when people see something new or something interesting, then people automatically want to know more. So if you even follow an Instagrammer, and you see something, hmm, that's quite interesting. I've never heard of that. Or you see like BuzzFeed hacks or just any internet hacks on how to do something. You're like, oh, that's interesting. And all of a sudden, you're curious. You're engaged with the content. The final element which I found on a lot of articles was emotions. So they say if you can evoke emotion in people, then you're already there. In particular with Instagram or Twitter, if you can tap into something which makes someone feel a certain way, then you've grabbed their attention. So if it's on an Instagram post, you would obviously try to grab people's attention when you see, you know, a very interesting image. Or if you write something in a caption, which sort of evokes emotion out of people, whether it's humor, whether it's like sadness. Or if you tweet something in 140 characters that has so much meaning, you know, and it's so profound that people suddenly are like taken aback and automatically they feel this emotion. It doesn't necessarily have to be an emotional emotion. So it doesn't have to be sadness or you know, frustration or anything like that. It just needs to be an emotion. It can even be humor. I mean, to give you an example of this, I don't know if you guys are familiar with TikTok. I am personally quite a big fan of TikTok. And there's this recent song that's been going viral throughout this whole lockdown. There's been this song called Bored in the House. And it kind of goes like, I'm bored in the house and I'm in the house bored. I'm bored in the house and I'm in the house bored. I'm not going to sing it. But basically, I think that this... TikTok song, Bored in the House, is a good example of tying in all three elements. I mean, he made a song that was relatable. That's already an, an emotion right there. It's something that was new. It was something that was interesting because people could automatically be like, oh, wow, he's making a song about being bored in the house and somehow it fits. People were curious about what it is, like, what's it about? And he would do like these quirky things in the song. But the way he sang it, I mean, it's not like we haven't heard those words before. But all of a sudden, it went viral. And now it's become a song that Tiger has produced and it's like on Apple Music, it's streaming. That is an, op that is an example of virality. Now, I want to add two more extra elements to those three elements that I found online that I haven't really found anywhere in particular in an article. But I thought, from my perspective, these are things which I think contribute to virality. And the first one for me is to look at the generation now, I'm a millennial, and like I said, millennials are just infamous for not knowing how to make TikTok videos, and we can try as hard as we can, but we really can't conquer those dances as well as people who, you know, are TikTok stars today. 
And I wouldn't know anything about TikTok if I was, say, for example, you know, born maybe 30 years ago. I wouldn't be as excited about it. I can watch a video, but I wouldn't be like, oh, let me try and get on this app. The same way, people who were born, you know, maybe 20 years ago, they probably wouldn't know what Facebook is about. So I think it also depends on your generation. It thinks it, it depends on that type of demographic because they have a big say of what is going to be trending, what is going to be going on, what really appeals to your audience. Another factor is gender. Now, I think gender is very important because I think you can appeal to as many people as you want. And as much as there's this blanket idea that people are amused by the same thing, I think majority of males will look at humor and they look at things which are lighthearted memes, for example, or silly videos. Whereas women are mostly appealed to things which have emotion, which have things of sensitive trust, you know, things like things that kind of make people feel a certain way. And it's not always the same for everybody. I mean, maybe maybe men like things that are emotional. Maybe men like things which tap into, you know, that element of trust. But speaking of from a majority perspective that I've seen, most men tend to enjoy, you know, the idea of like humor and silly things, whereas women also enjoy humor, but they enjoy more of, you know, things which tap into these deep, profound quotes, um, motivational speeches. And that's just what I've seen and what I've gathered from my own intake of how I've seen people on Instagram and how they do things when they put things up. Another important element, I think, which is just the final element that I'll touch on, is looking at your current situation. If it can be relatable, if it can touch on aspects relating to everyday that can speak to who we are right now, current affairs, then I think that as well will really be a good example of trying to contribute towards virality. So now that we've seen what virality is, let's ask the question, does quality matter? In my opinion, I think it should. And that's also because I've always been an advocate for good quality, regardless of whether you're working in social media or a corporation, or you're even just a freelancer producing, you know, graphic designs. If you produce high quality, it will bring the results. It will bring your client and it attracts that growth for your page or your business. And I think the more people see you've created something of high content, they will want to come back. And in that way, that's what's bringing awareness to your brand. There's that good association. It's that positive engagement, that positive feedback for your brand. But I think when it comes to virality, I don't think it's as important because you can have someone film on their phone and all of a sudden it's viral. Like we said with Sophia Grace or Damn Daniel, these were all videos filmed on their phone and all of a sudden it went viral. So if you just have the most basic of phones that can take a photo, that can record, all you need to do is just publish it online and there you go. You can go viral. It's all about the content itself rather than what it was produced with. You don't necessarily need to have the highest grade quality camera film to actually film. It's the content that matters. You're listening to Aishapedia Uncut and we'll be right back. So even though when it comes to virality, quality isn't as important, I do think that with virality, quality sort of evolves out of it. Suddenly you're this person that's made a video from your phone or someone's filmed you and all of a sudden you become viral and your content builds. It actually lands up in you building a career out of it. I mean, most people tend to. Most people can build brands. 
They can build clothing lines of just one image. For example, the Cash Me Outside girl. I don't know if you remember her, but basically there was this girl. She was a guest on Dr. Phil, and a meme was made out of her viral reaction to what she said on the show. Now, I implore all of you to actually just go find this video on YouTube and just watch how she says this catchphrase because it's so hilarious. And the funny thing about everything is that she's actually just being herself. She literally made a comment and she's like, yeah, catch me outside. How about that? And the thing is, it wasn't like she was scripted. It was funny because she was being herself. And all of a sudden it went viral. People are saying it to other people as a joke. I mean, my friends were literally saying it as a joke. And the whole funny thing about it was that there was no insane backstory to what she did. She wasn't this well-spoken, eloquent, Queen's English-speaking person. She was herself. And that's what sold people to watch her to want to actually see this video over and over again because it was so humorous and no one had heard anybody say that. I mean, the words itself, cash me outside, it doesn't sound like catch me outside. It was just her mannerism. Now she's a famous singer and she has a whole career out of it, just showing how virality can lead to a career and her quality of life improved even though what she made wasn't exactly of the highest standard of quality. One of the issues though, people are now trying to be a lot more out there and quirky and trying to appeal to audiences and trying to go viral. People are now trying to do way more to go viral rather than doing things that can actually make you go viral. It's, it's sort of like people are being way more quirky. They're trying to grab, be more attention grabbing. And I think this makes it a lot harder to go viral because the attention you need to grab has to be something which appeals to this generational demographic, which I think is constantly shifting. I mean, what was popular two years ago just doesn't cut it today. So for example, I know when I, if I look back, the social media high five, I don't even know if some of you even remember high five, but it was the in thing. And people would go on there, they'd post testimonials, they'd have pictures, they'd give like, you know, little rewards. It was a thing. And all of a sudden we shifted to Facebook, then we shifted to Instagram, and now we're on TikTok. And if we have to say, you know, we use Rebecca Black as an example, no one would really know who, who she is today unless you actually watch that video and you realize what a big significance she had on people 10 years ago. I mean, we used to make fun of it all the time or we used to actually watch that video and be like, oh my goodness, because it went viral back then. But if you introduce it today, people are going to be like, who, who is this person? So you would really need to know who she is. And I think it's, it's very difficult if you just try to make something go viral and you don't take into account who the demographic is. So I think when it comes to virality, you know, there's a lot of factors that we have to take into account. And I think one of the things that I, I tried to do for myself is try and look at what are these tips that people recommend, that experts recommend. So I went onto Forbes website and they have these reasons on how, you know, why do people go viral and how do people go viral? And they mentioned quite simple things, some things which I wanted to share with you. So maybe you can use it in your content if you're a content creator, or maybe just some things that you can just take from it in general. And Forbes basically lays out the first reason as to why content goes viral is if it's newsworthy. So the first one says that, you know, it has to be something that's discussed. It can be current affairs. It can be something that is trending. But you need to talk about something that is worth discussing. There needs to be a story there. There needs to be something which is of interest there. And the second thing also ties in with this idea of what we spoke about before, 
People want to be in the know and it needs to touch on their curiosity, something which people never knew, never knew before. And if it can touch on that, then people are automatically engaged. The third element they say, or the third reason they say, is empowering other voices to feel a certain way. The thing is, with the content that you produce, you just never know who's going to be reading. I don't know who's going to be listening to this. I don't know how they're going to apply it to their everyday life. And that's another reason why whatever you create, your narrative must be consistent. It must be on point. You must align it just to the specific needs of your audience. And that's what going viral means. If you're going to create funny videos, then you need to consistently make funny videos. If you're going to try and motivate people with quotes or you know, motivational speeches, then continue doing that. And that is, in some way, that's empowering other voices because you're going to be empowering them with certain ideas or certain things that you carry out in your content. The fourth reason is to advance other personal brands. So what this means is that you are helping others advance their own platforms. So again, it also ties in with empowering other voices. But what it talks about is that it's incredible how many people intentionally leverage the content messaging of others to advance their own personal brand. If you are talking about others or if you are, you know, bringing in other people's ideas and if you're trying to like sort of relate to that or you're trying to incorporate that, I'm not talking about stealing their messages or stealing their work, but I mean, if you can help others in your own platform, then you are leveraging their brand, not only just yours. You know, original content is so powerful, but if you find things which you think could actually help you or you think that can actually help you by incorporating others, that in its own is empowering and that in its own is advancing other people's brands. You know, some people like to do reviews. Some people like to do, you know, oh, I, I'm going to talk about my collaboration with this. If you can do that, people are interested automatically. The fifth reason they say is that people solve problems, not trends. Now, this is something which I think is very, very interesting because it ties in with innovation. You know, you have to be a leader. You have to inspire others. You know, things are changing so fast that people are trying to find ways to solve problems that they never even knew existed or they never encountered before. And in many respects, I think the people who are really doing well are those people who are futurists. You know, they look and they see the trends and they predict them. And it's a very risky business, but the trick is, is that they stick by it. And if they know this information, they leverage that information. So if you can leverage that information, for example, Mark Zuckerberg, he started Facebook. Of course, he never realized that this is going to be some massive phenomenon. But when he started it, he knew, okay, social media is the future, you know, and I'm going to create something where people can connect with others and know exactly what they're doing and how they're doing it. And it was a big hit. It's still a big hit today. And that's how Instagram has grown. That's how TikTok has grown. Everything is sort of grown from Facebook. Everything's grown from social media. And that's what makes it so interesting because he leveraged that. He saw that trend. So what this tells us is you have to be bold. You have to stay on with your message. Stay on with your content narrative. Be courageous enough to start a trend. It takes time. It's risky. But when you finally hit that mark, it's shown that it's very invaluable. The sixth response is to make an emotional connection. Now, we've already touched on emotional responses, but I feel like if you can invoke an emotional response from your audience, then you, you are already there. I'm a firm believer in the idea that there's no such thing as bad press because sometimes if you do even the craziest of things and you annoy people, you know, at the end of the day, you're still going to get people talking about you, whether they're happy with you or not happy with you. 
And the final, final, final reason that Forbes mentions, which I think is so, you know, so important, is to be personal and relatable. The biggest thing you can do is to just be yourself in whatever content you put out there. Be authentic. Humanize your content. Make your content relatable through thought-provoking stories. Give some sort of expression of yourself, of your knowledge, of what you can put out there. You know, they always say, try not to be the same. Try not to do the same as everyone's doing. It's good to be inspired. I personally, I'm always trying to find things on Pinterest. I'm looking on Instagram and I'm getting inspired. It's fine to be inspired, but be inspired with your own spin. Make it your own. You have to have that idea that you can make this work, you know, from what you are as a person. And I think that also means that if you're going to do something like creating viral content, you have to have that connection and you have to build that relationship with that element of inclusivity. I mean, personally, I feel if there's something that we can mutually connect with, for example, this pandemic, I think it's something everybody can relate to no matter who you are or what you do. This pandemic has shifted our mindset in so many ways that it's brought the world to their knees. And everybody at every level can relate to the level of frustration that the virus has brought. So if you've been, you know, if you can speak about that, then you can automatically get people to connect with your content. I think even if you have to just complain about Miss Rona, I feel like people are automatically going to be like, yes, we get you. We are on your level. Another example is if you're a certain dietary requirement, not everyone is going to relate to that. But how are you going to make what is a completely different category to some people relatable? How will you appeal to them? One thing that I think was really interesting that I came across recently, I actually came across it in Ramadan, which is probably not the smartest of ideas. But Jamie Oliver had this book, or he has this book called Veg, and I ended up purchasing it, and I'm so excited to try it out. But basically, the whole idea behind why he made this book was not to just, you know, cater to people who are vegetarians and who only have vegetarian palates, but he actually tried to help meat eaters create and cook food that is enough veggies, so much so that they wouldn't miss you know, not having meat in their food. Like this book, he even says it repeatedly. He's like, this book is not for vegetarians. This book is for people who eat meat that need to incorporate veggies in their life without completely getting rid of, you know, their meat diet or making them feel like they're getting rid of their meat diet. And that's what I think is so important is that you have to make something that seems so purely limited to one category of people applicable to way more than just one group of people. At the same time, many others have spoken a lot about virality. There's so much, and we can talk about it for forever, but I'm not going to waste your time. Instead, I want to know what you think. Does quality matter in an age of virality? Do you think it's important? Initially, I have to tell you, I had not thought about this topic. And I think if you can go viral, I think, oh, your content is automatically amazing. No one cares. I still don't think that people care about the quality. I think if you can make something that goes viral, you have made something that's spoken to people. And I don't think quality is so important if you want it to go viral. But I think if you want to create consistent work, consistent content that is really, you know, of good efforts and good speaking to people, then I think you should incorporate quality. I personally feel like I try to do my best with quality. And I think that people all around the world, certain some people to have that approach. Other people are like, you know, I'm just going to film on my phone and it's completely fine. That's fine too. But with virality, like we said, it doesn't really matter. I want to hear from you. So feel free to share with me your thoughts on my Instagram podcast highlight reel on Aishapedia. And tell me what are some key factors that you think contribute towards virality. Thank you once again for listening and taking the time out of your busy, busy day to listen to this podcast. 
please feel free to subscribe to Ashopedia Uncut and I will catch you in the next one. How about that? <laughs>